This podcast replay is brought to you by RedRecover.com. From NFL stars like Hayden Hurst to daily warriors like yourself, their wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Hey, all right, all right, there he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the champion, Matt Verderam. Yeah, baby. Congrats to your Chiefs, brother. Yeah, was a, that was a wild game. So... Um, they ultimately won because they scored 38 points. Uh, they, they didn't look so half, good in the first half. 24, 24 to 11. Yeah, but see, that's where, like, some guy was telling me, well, no, they put up 30-something points, you know, um, the, the, the Eagles. And I go, yeah, but it was 11 in the second half. So, you know, that's where you make your money, dude. You know what I'm saying? And so the Chiefs defense picked up in the second half. The Chiefs offense picked up in the second half. But the Eagles, they did not pick up their offense from the first half into the second half. And their defense didn't make or their entire team didn't make plays because it wasn't only the Eagles offense. It was obviously the Eagles defense, the special teams. Tony's return was, you know, so the entire team picked it up and found ways to win. And so to me, that's really what it's all about. It's kind of like the, you know, like I, I pick on the Justin Herbert people and I say, oh, they put up 30 something. No, no, dude. He put three points up in the second half. Okay. You get, you know, I get it. Front running is nice, but you got to finish the game. And that's what the chiefs did. They adjusted and they found ways to win the game. And to me, that's why you're champions. Well, because you found ways to win the game. Yeah, Period. I think I think ultimately what happened in that game as it wore on was I mean, first of all, the Chiefs only had eight possessions in the game. Um, I know. I mean, they never they never really get the football. So it, you know, they, they scored thirty eight points on eight possessions, which in a normal game you get about twelve. Um, the Eagles in the second half, if you take away Hertz's last second throw, they only had three possessions. I mean, they they, they never saw the football. The Chiefs were able to control it, um, and. You know, you know how you know how depressing it is to have a seventeen play drive, eat up eight minutes, yeah, and settle for three points. Three points. I I thought for me, that was the biggest turning point in the game. Was they had that ball, and they could not get it in the end zone. And when the Chief, once the Chiefs got the ball back, and it was less than a touchdown, I felt like the Chiefs were going to win the game. I just thought, those not going to stop them. Like they're just not going to stop them at any point in time. And you know, you mentioned it. I mean, there's a there's a special teams gap where Tony gets around the edge and there's nobody home. And um, you know, look, I thought I thought the biggest mismatch going into the game was Andy Reid and Jonathan Gannon. And I thought it was the biggest mismatch throughout the game. I mean, how if you're Gannon, how do you on two consecutive drives allow the Chiefs to have a walk-in touchdown because they run a little jet sweep motion and then they peel back and there's no adjustment made? I mean, the guy right. walks into the end zone. I get it happening once. Okay, fine, they got you. Happened the next drive. And the next drive, they ran the same play on the other side of the field and more walks in. Um, and I by the way, they, all, they the also ran that, that, that route with the, with the receivers where they would cut inside and then pop outside, and the corners could not stay with them. They, they either scored touchdowns or they drew the penalty at the end, which we'll get to that. But, you know, it's just they, they, they just, you know, read, dude. He's just when it comes to play design, that's what I complained about for two years with Tua, that the play calling and the play design was just freaking remedial, dude. And then my, McDaniel comes in and now and, I, and I'm like, OK, this is play design. 
this is what you're supposed to do in today's, you know, I mean, Miami's offense the first two years was so remedial that Hank Stram in the 60s is laughing at your ass, okay? Because they were more dynamic in the 60s than the Dolphins were in the 2021-22 season or 2020 and 2021 season. Yeah. You know, that, and when you give Reed that much time, he just found ways to break them down. Yeah, I thought, you know, my whole thing going into the week was I, I picked the Chiefs 31-23, and the reasoning was I thought that Reed would just put it on Gannon in the game. And I also thought, you know, the one thing going into that game, I did not agree with people. And I had a lot of people ask me this on radio throughout the week, like, hey, what do you think about, you know, is this going to be a repeat of that Tampa Super Bowl, you know, because the Chiefs offensive line? I'm like, Chiefs have a really good offensive line. Like, this is not a couple yeah. of years ago where the Chiefs had four backups and a, and a starter playing out of position. Like, that. That was the one weird thing. Look, I get the Eagles have a great front and all that. I, I got it. But the Chiefs are really good up front. I mean, they have, they have three pro bowlers and two all pros. And one of those guys is not named Trey Smith, who should have been a pro bowler. So they have. By the way, the, the amazing part really was good. how they nailed and turned that line around in one season. Yeah. In one offseason. Yep. They brought in four of the five guys. Defensive yep. line around. That was pretty sick, dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kudos to Brett Veach on that. And they, you know, but they. They dominated the game. I mean, that was to me, that was the difference in the game. Was the Eagles just couldn't touch Mahomes. They couldn't get to him. Yeah. Zero. Zero sacks. And they and it wasn't even a game where they had zero sacks, but they really pressured him a lot. I mean, they they really, I mean they hit him five times the whole game, I think. And a yeah. couple of those times were him kind of like half running. And they just, you know, they kind of brought him down. It was it was a clinic. And, By the way, dude, where did he get that speed? When he runs up the middle of the field, like, dude, don't you have a high ankle sprint? You're pulling away from people. Like, yeah. adrenaline just yeah. carried yeah. his ass, dude. Yeah. Wow. It, was, it was funny because after the game, you know, I was down in the in the pressers with him and the rest of the team. And, you know, I, I think somebody asked him about it. He's like, well, as long as I just run really straight, it doesn't hurt. But if I have to – and if you watch that play, he doesn't go one way. He just goes straight down the field and falls over. So – it, it just worked out that the seas kind of parted and he said, okay, I could take off. But I think for me, and I, I don't know how other people feel about it. For me, that was the play of the game. Like that will be the play. I remember the iconic play of that Super Bowl. that guy yes. with one ankle. Cause frankly, look at 21, 14, when they're about to punt the ball away and he's crawling off the field, they're like, this is not good. This is, this is probably the end. And then they came out in the third quarter and they scored right away. And they're like, all right, now, now it's game on. I mean, at this point, I thought for Philly, in a weird way, that had to be the most deflating part of the game. It's 24 to 14, and you've got an opportunity. If you get off the field there and you get the ball back, you got a real shot to put them down for the count. And the other play that will get completely forgotten about 14 7, Eagles have the ball. They're essentially midfield, give or take a few yards. It's third and a yard, and they're just going to do that little rugby play. They're going to push Hertz over for a first down. And Sayamalu is called for a false start, and it becomes oh, yeah. third and six. And they run a quarterback draw, and Hurts fumbles the ball, and the Chiefs run it back for a touchdown. I mean, that if he doesn't get called for a false start, it could have very easily been 17-7, 21-7. All of a sudden, that game starts getting sideways. Instead, he is called correctly for the for the false start, and then Hurts goes to switch arms. He fumbles the ball. And Nick Bolton, who is the best defensive player on the field for either team in that game, picks up the ball, runs, you know, whatever it was, 35, 40 yards, and, and ties it up. Got to find ways to make plays. And let me describe that final play down there that we're, everybody's talking about. Uh, what'd you think of the two holds on one play? Because I, this is the part that effing pisses me off with people. Well, he held. No, dude, he held twice. 
He did on the play. He did. Held, right. He held, held twice. Not once. Not not one. Not two. Uh, he <laughs> held twice on that play. Not once. And so you, this is what I I put it to. So you get on the turnpike or whatever the highway is in in Chicago. Oh, and and uh, it's sixty five. It's sixty five. But everybody's doing seventy two, seventy three, and they don't stop you. Okay, but you're doing 72, 73, and you did a little bit too much of a tight changing of lanes. And there's a cop on the side with his radar, but he feels like stopping you. Uh, hey, but everybody else is. No, but dude, you are speeding, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Okay, so then I can stop you because you're speeding. You're doing 73 in a 65. And yep. Yeah, other people did, but I saw you also weaving a little bit there. And so you, there's the referee. He sees not one, but two holds. So now you put him in a position. Oh, no, but it happens all the time. Yeah, but it did happen, right? So you put yourself in a position where he has to make a decision. And that decision could go against you. And by the way, yeah. if he saw what I saw, he saw two holds. And it's like, yo, bro, maybe I'll let you get away with one. But two, I'm not going to get you let away. No, no, this game's too important for you to get away with two holds. That's well, how I look at this whole thing. My feeling on it is, if it's a hold in the first quarter, it's a hold in the fourth quarter. Like, and, and the and the reality is, you know, look, he did hold him twice, and Bradbury after the game was like, "Yeah, I held him." Like, much I you respect, know, much respect, tons, I love it, tons. You know what? A lot of guys would have just passed the buck and blamed the official, and James Bradbury stood up like a man and said, "You know what? It's it's a good call. I held him." And look, he did hold him now. I get the people who are like, well, it's anticlimactic. You know what? But here's the other argument of this. The, I've heard of so many people say, well, you know, they're deciding the game. Well, are they kind of deciding the game if they don't call it? Right. I mean, like, he held – I'll also say this. There was also a drive earlier in the game where Juju got tackled on a third and eight coming across the middle. I mean, just flat-out tackled, and they didn't draw a flag. Who knows? Maybe the Chiefs score on that drive. Maybe that. Maybe the, the end of the game is moot. They're kneeling down, right? So – what, what about the New Orleans game from years ago? Oh, that, that's the worst one. I mean, that one's ridiculous, right? And I you mean, didn't call it. Look, and I you will tell you this. And, and, they, and they didn't – am I right? They didn't call they didn't that call one, it. right? And that was that was comical how bad that was. Look, I will say this. It's because everybody in here knows like, I grew up a Chiefs fan. Look, I remember the first Mahomes AFC title game when they looked like they were going to the Super Bowl. They picked off Brady, and then the flag comes in, and D. Ford is lined up in the neutral zone. And there were a oh, lot yeah. of Chiefs fans. Who are like, right. how could you call that? He didn't even affect the play. It's like, look, man, he's in the neutral zone. And I and I got killed by Chiefs fans at the time. It's like he it's a penalty. Like he did it. He is in the neutral zone. Like it, it is what it is, man. Like they threw Great the flag. Great example, dude. Great and, example, by the way. You know, so to me, like, yeah, they would have gone to the Super Bowl. I mean, if he if he's not called for that, they're kneeling down going to the Super Bowl, and they probably beat Jared Goff in the Rams. And by the you way, know? and that also happens all the time. The guy that's like and they don't call the it. edge rusher that they, he puts the helmet just over the yep. line and all, that, and they let it go all the time. It's but like it's if you're there, like, you're committing right. the penalty. If you put yourself in a position that you're committing a penalty, don't yep. complain if they call it on he, you. Then was in the neutral zone, and a lot of Chiefs fans at the time were furious about the call. I'm like, look, man, he's in the neutral zone. Like, then don't line up in the neutral zone. And, you know, right. and it's kind of like Lane Johnson is famous for always getting off real quick off the line of scrimmage, and a lot of people think it's a false start. They don't call it. Now, if they call it on him once, 
Well, you know, let's be honest. I mean, he, I think it is probably a false start a lot of the time, but they let him have a little bit. It's just like, you know what the best example of this is? When they, you know, there's delay of games, the clock hits zero, but they give him that extra half second a lot of the times. They give him that extra right. beat. But if they don't on a given play and they shut it down, it's a delay of game. Like, you, you, so, so in the end, I, lo- I love your D Ford. Exp- that one is a perfect I mean, comparison I because it. It was I, I remember, like, no, and I remember the Chiefs fans complaining. And then the argument was, well, it had nothing to do with the deciding part of that play or matter. whatever. It doesn't matter. Doesn't the guy matter. was well off sides. Yep. He was trying to get an advantage, just like Bradbury's trying to get an advantage because the receivers have been killing you with the cutting inside and the turning to the outside. And he knew that if he didn't hold twice, yep. the separation was there and he was going to get burned. And so he tried to not get burned by holding twice. You put yourself up out there and that's it. The call's done, dude. Yes. And I will say too, the last thing on this is, you know what? Look, the one argument I won't hear about this is like, well, it was uncatchable. He was two steps from the ball. I mean, in the NFL, you make up two, three steps in a tenth of a second. I mean, it's all, I mean, it, look, the bottom line is a lot of respect is used to Bradbury for being honest with me. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know what? And if I'm the Eagles, I'd walk away from that game saying, we gave up 24 points on four drives in the second half. And if, you, and if McKinnon doesn't right. just fall over, it's 28. So I don't want to hear it. Like, the, 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 the bottom line is get off the field. Stop them. Do something. Don't, don't give up a 65-yard punt return. Don't give up a scoop and score for a touchdown. And to be fair, how about sacking Mahomes? How about yeah. getting Get some sacks, once. bro? I the, the the reality, and you know, to be fair, you have not heard one word about it from the Eagles or the coaching staff. Here from the fans, the right. Eagles, and it's funny, it's it's really comparison or a good comparison to the Niners, who have done nothing but complain and whine and cry since they lost to the Eagles, got boat raced by him. And you got Debo Samuel out there talking, and Brandon Ayuk talks like guys, you lost 31 to Seth. I mean, let's go home. So right. I give the Eagles well, a lot we, of credit. We, had, we for, had that down here with the uh, Bills and the Heat. Oh, oh it's yeah. unfair, the Heat, and they were cramping up and this and that. Well, hey, bro, that's that's football. That's the idea. When you go to the cold, that's your domain. You're supposed to dominate in the cold. They're supposed to dominate in the heat. Right. Right. The, the, the Saints used to dominate in the dome because it was so loud and it was creating a, a home field. That's kind of the idea, dude, that you're supposed to kind of create the elements and play in your elements, and you should be more comfortable, you know, in the elements. But apparently the Bills aren't comfortable in the snow or the heat. I think anyway. sometimes I think sometimes people, and, and a lot of times it's fans, and sometimes it's players and coaches. Like, and media. And the, media. Yeah, and media. And media. Like, the, everybody just looks for an excuse. It's like, look, man, I'm lost. Like, just, just own it. Like, just, it is what it is. Like, I don't want to hear from the Bills that you were cramping. Well, no kidding you were cramping. It's Miami. It's September. Like, there's a reason the Dolphins were all yours with Shula were white at home. Okay? Like. And they wanted one o'clock games. Right. All the time in, in September and October. Yeah, right. They want one o'clock games. Right. Of course. And, and you know what? And guess what? You know what the Bills always want with the schedule makers? Home games in December. Damn right. I mean, it, it, that's it. And, that, and that's, that. by the way, they should. Like, you should want that. 
You know, Miami should be Miami should be asking to play at the hottest point in the day, right? They should move the stadium a thousand feet upwards so it's and closer to the sun. Nobody wants to go to Green Bay in the frozen tundra. That's it. All that if you're going to Green Bay, you're like, hey, can we get a game in September, please? Because, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, nobody wants to go up there in December or January. That I always thought the biggest mistake the Vikings ever made as a franchise was putting the bro. It's Minnesota. Like, make teams go up there. It's, yeah. I know, like, here in Chicago, they're talking about, you know, they're going to build a new stadium for the Bears, and maybe it'll be in the suburbs. Like, well, we're going to slap a dome on them. Like, you're never going to win another game again. Like, it's Chicago. It should be outside. I mean, oh, yes. I, I never understand these teams that do this. And it's like, well, you, you know, it's because now we can hold the we can hold the, the Taekwondo Expo in, in April and make more money. It's like, I, I get it. But for the football team, it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And any fan who's like, well, I don't want to I would only use the dome. I would only use – you should build the dome, right? But you, you to have your yeah. events inside for other things and then your football games, like the Bills, yeah, yeah, you should build the dome. And then it's snowing and snowing and snowing. Okay, you have the roof on. Half an hour before kickoff, bam, open the damn thing and let the elements in. And that way, it, you know, your 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 entire stadium is not full of snow that you have to shovel it out. You know, you've saved that. And then the elements that come in, now that's part of it. Your team should have practiced all week in it. You should be ready. Miami will not be ready for it or Houston or whoever yep, the hell right. visits you and take advantage of them. That's how the roof should be used yeah. in Minnesota, too. Use it where you cover it for now so you don't get the damage of, all the snow, but then know, prior to the game, bro, let the elements Dude, in and, you know, there's a great live, live off those elements, bro. Build your team up defense, running game, yes. you know, physicality, like, like how they used to do it when we were young. By the way, if, if you have an opportunity, if you're the Vikings and you happen to play a team in a playoff game that like, you really think it would be behoove you, depending on how you built your team to have the roof closed and close it. And if you think it'll, and if you think it'll really help you to open it, then open it. Like I, there's right. a great story from the 1950s in baseball. Bill Veck, who was a lunatic of an owner, but one of the more of eccentric guys ever, right? So Bill Veck owned the then Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians, and in Cleveland Municipal Stadium, depending upon who the pitcher was for the Indians, they would move the fences. Now they outlawed that after a year or two of Bill Veck moving the dimensions around because he was like, all right. We got a bad pitcher. We're going to move him back. And then if they had a good pitcher, they're like, we'll move him in because we'll, we'll be – I mean, now that's home field advantage, okay? Right. Now, you don't have that right. ability in football, but I'm with you 100%. These cold-weather teams that are like, let's slap a dome on it. Why? Why would you ever like, – it's crazy to me. It's you, you are helping the other team. It is insane, but here we are. No, I know. I mean, listen, if you're the Rams back in the day – you build the yeah. team for the dome, the speed, all that yeah. to your yeah. advantage. You know, I get that. You know what I'm saying? But if you're in Kansas City, brother, you don't want a dome. No. Are you out of your mind? They, they talk. Said, you want they were, them to come into November and December and, and early January. Now that the games are early January, nobody wants to go to freaking Kansas City. One, it's loud as a mother. But two, it's going to be cold and you're yeah. going to have to deal with the elements. That's kind of part yeah. of the game, dude. 20, about Crazy. 20 years ago, when Jackson County in uh, Missouri was considering uh, renovating Arrowhead, because at that point it was like 35 years old, 
they talked about, well, could we get a Super Bowl there? Could we, if we put a rolling dome over the stadium and people just lost their minds? It was a conversation point for about eight minutes. And people were like, absolutely not. No way in hell. Like, we're not doing it. It doesn't matter. We don't want Super Bowl. There's no way. And I, I remember thinking, like, you know how weird it would be and sterile it would be if they put a dome on Arrowhead? And like, great, right. great. Who cares? Like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. nobody, nobody wants this. Nobody in the world is clamoring for dome. And I just, you go back and look at those old NFL films, man. You're like Detroit playing at Tiger Stadium and you had the Met in Minnesota. And now it's like, great. Everybody, hey, the Rams have to go to Minnesota. Good luck at the at the Met in, in January playing that game. Now it's like, cool, we're going to Minnesota. It's air conditioned. We, right. This is this is awesome. You know, the Packers, still home field advantage. That hasn't been the last couple of years because Rodgers hasn't been able to get done the playoffs. But it is still a great home field advantage. And by the way, they've done a magnificent job of building out that stadium no matter what. They've yeah. added more and more suites all over the place. They're doing fine. Yeah, they're yeah, doing fine. Well, it's okay. I, I actually, I think they they have some of the deepest reserves in like, the NFL. Yeah. Right? Have you if, been if to Green I, Bay? You ever been up there? No, I have not, man. It's still on my bucket list. I haven't been there for a game. It's one of the wildest things. So I, I went up there a couple of years ago. It was actually during the preseason. But I went up there and – it's so funny because, you know, every other city in the NFL is so much bigger. So you have you have a downtown, you have a metro area, and then, you know, wherever they put the stadium. Green Bay, you're driving around Green Bay, and there, there are these little, like, two- and three-bedroom houses and these little, little you know, driveways or anything else, just like any other little small town in America. And then just, like, rising out of the ground like a phoenix is Lambo. And people just put little signs in their yard, like, hey, you want to park in my driveway? It's 10 bucks. It's one of the wildest, like, it's so, it almost feels like a movie. It's so out of place. But you're just driving around all these little streets, you know, little downtown, I mean, nothing. And then all of a sudden, Lambo. It is, it is so unique. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I'm dying to go. I'm, I'm dying to go on one, one of those days that maybe the Dolphins uh, play there and, yeah. uh, and go experience it because I got to I got to experience it. But they've done a marvelous job of building out that stadium and everything around it. Sure. So they can continue to, you know, generate revenue. And and obviously they're one of the stronger teams when it comes to that. All right. Um, we uh, we talk a little bit about um, the Chiefs. Um, let's let's get into a little bit of some of the uh, quarterback talk. What do you think yeah. happens with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I think he's going to get traded. I think at this point, I, now I don't know what four days of darkness is going to do for him. Maybe he comes out and he decides to, uh, you know, run, run for Senate or something. I don't know. But he, assuming that doesn't happen, I think he's going to get moved. And I think the Jets and the Raiders are pretty clearly the two teams that are the front runners here. I mean, look, the, the, both teams have their picks. The, Devontae Adams is in Vegas. He's a West Coast guy, offensive head coach. Um you know, and we just talked about all these conditions in stadiums. It's a dome stadium, so that works out for him too, right? That makes it easier. Yeah. Um, the Jets, look, they've got Garrett Wilson, they've got Brees Hall, they've they've got a really good defense. Uh, he, you know, they have Nathaniel Hackett, who's Rogers' guy. Um, so I kind of feel like those two places, it's just gonna be who who outbids the other one, right? I mean, I think that that's kind of where you're going with this. The, I will say this. Rodgers is due almost $60 million this year. The Jets have deeper pockets than the Raiders. They just do. Yeah, like, they do. That no, matters. Do. That matters. Yes. And and the Jets have been waiting for a quarterback since Namath. 
like they are under immense pressure to get a quarterback. Whereas I think, I think by the way, whoever doesn't get him, I think it's, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo going to the other place because he's got ties to both places, right? I right. mean, Salah knows him from New York, and of course McDaniel's knows him from New England. So I, I think, I think those two teams end up with with those two guys. It's just a matter of who outbids who. I, I think the Jets are the slight favorite for Rodgers, but I think it's slight. I, I think either place is certainly in play. Yeah, the only the only thing that I, I would you know. And and for entertainment purposes, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for it. But Rogers and that New York media. Oh, that's be unbelievable. Not gonna, yeah, that's <laughs> not going to jive. It'll be fun for us because oh, we'll yeah. have things to talk about. But that New York media and Rogers, that's not going to go well. No, it's not. Uh, anyone who's familiar with that area of the country, you know, in Green Bay, you're going to have maybe five, six people asking him questions after the game that he knows and that they need the access because Green right. Bay, is, the Packers are the only ticket in town. I can tell you right now, Newsday, the New York Daily News, they don't care. Like, no. they are just going to go full t- – like, if he has a bad game, they're going to they're gonna go after him. Like, the oh, back yeah. page is going to be about him. So, I agree with you. I agree with you. That I, I can't even imagine him in, in New York telling them to relax. <laughs> okay. Good luck, man. Have fun with that. Um, I, I'm all for it, though. Oh, the theater would be amazing. If your car, who are you picking, Saints or Carolina? You know, I thought about this for a while the other day because I think you're right. I think those are the two teams you'll look at and go, they're they're probably the, the favorites in the clubhouse. Um, I'd go with Carolina, man. I, yeah, I I, I, know, I I was picking him to go to the Saints, but if Carolina's in the mix, I'm with you, dude. I like Carolina because here's why: they've got an offensive coach in Reich, who's a former quarterback, right? Who I think I think even though it didn't work out in Indy, we all think it's a pretty good head coach. Yeah. They've got Evero going from Denver over there now as the D coordinator, who's an excellent coordinator. And they got a lot of young talent on that team. Like, that's a team that you look at, and they got a top 10 pick. The Saints don't have a pick. Like, the, the, the Panthers can go out and get him more help. So, if I'm him, the one thing I'll say, I would I would go to the NC South because that division is atrocious. Like, wherever he goes, they're the favorites. Um, I also think it's a better long-term situation. The Saints were in brutal cap hell. Like, brutal cap hell. Panthers are good to go, man. Like I'd go there and be like, all right, I got DJ Moore. I got a, I got a young, improving offensive line. I got a coach who's an offensive guy, and I love the D coordinator. I feel pretty good about this. Like I feel if if I were Carr, all things even, I would go there. Yeah, me too. Uh, to me, Carolina would be the uh, the the selection to go to. Yep. All right, uh, tell them about stacking the box, my brother. What you got? I will. By the way, if uh, if Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, if that doesn't work out, watch for Atlanta. Um, Atlanta. Yeah, I would that just keep sense. that. I would keep that in mind. Um, I, although I think they're going to tag him. Oh, then, oh, they're definitely going to tag him. But if they and, if he, and if then they it'll get and then it'll get ugly whether he reports or not it. and, and oh, then that kind of stuff. They're going to tag him. But if it doesn't work, if they can't come to an agreement and things go sideways, don't forget how aggressive the Falcons were with Deshaun Watson. And right. he is, you know, he went to school in Louisville. It's right down the road. They got an offensive coach. They need a quarterback. They got cap space. They've got picks. Like Atlanta makes a lot of sense. But in any event, Sack in the Box, uh, Tuesday at noon Eastern, every single Tuesday. It's on YouTube as well. You can subscribe there. You can check it out. Please do. We've got over 6,000 accounting, which is fun. Uh, the column goes up every Monday morning, uh, covers the whole league. So uh, there's plenty to get to. And I'm going to be doing features throughout the, uh, throughout the offseason. So there's going to be a lot to hit uh, throughout the year, and I hope uh, hope everybody comes along for the ride. By the way, how big of a train wreck was it for you watching those Tua interviews on Radio Row? You know, I'll tell you, man, I was so busy. 
I, I never got to see him. I was oh, so okay. busy. I'll have to go back and watch him. But I, it was like a car wash for us. I mean, at one point, like a guy sat down. I was like, who, you know, whatever. I don't even know this. And then I looked at him and realized it was Justin Fields. And he's like, hey, I'm ready. To, and I honestly, man, I was, it was Friday morning. I was so tired. I looked at the guy sitting next to me. And I just thought we were partnering with Special Olympics there. We were doing some stuff with them. I just figured it was like somebody with them. And then I looked at, I, I was like, ah, oh, it's probably just like an exec or whatever. And then I looked over again. I'm like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? You ready to talk? Like, by Friday, you're just cooked. You're totally cooked. I know. I know. I know. Been there, done it. I know how it is. Yeah. It's, it, it drives your ass crazy when it's all said and done. But hey, New Orleans next year for you. Vegas, then New Orleans. Oh, Vegas, then New Orleans. But either right. way, I'm good. The next two years are going to be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward Vegas to it. Vegas and I'm New Orleans, I'm going to be the time dude. I leave Vegas. Although Phoenix is a cool town. I, Phoenix I, is I, great. Phoenix yeah. is great. I, I, I like I, Phoenix. All the Super Bowls I've covered, my two favorites to this point, and ironically, she's won them both, but Phoenix and Miami. I just thought those cities did the best jobs. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm biased, obviously, with Miami, but I that went to the, the, the last Phoenix one in 2015, and I had a really good time. And that the city did it right. It's a nice, yeah, it's a really, really cool city. It's clean. I like it. I like it. I, I like Phoenix. They they do a good job over there in Phoenix, man. Very good. Place. All right. Follow them on Twitter at Matt Verderam. And of course, you got to subscribe, read, download, stack in the box. Matt, we'll catch up next week, my friend. Appreciate you. Take it easy. You got it. There you go. Matt Verderam. Red Recover right now, 30% off. Take advantage. When it's gone, you're going to be pissed. And if you're dealing with pain right now and discomfort and maybe it's a shoulder injury, an old injury, old surgery, Red Recover can help you out. It can help you optimize your workouts. You can use them before and after when you're playing your, you know, pickleball or tennis or weights or whatever it is, running, jogging, whatever it is you do, man, these wraps can help your back, your neck, your shoulders, arms, you name it, knees, ankles. We've got a wrap for anything and everything. We've even got one for the ladies. We've got a pad that you put over your face for your crow's feet, for the wrinkles and all that stuff, man. It helps make the wrinkles disappear, which is a beautiful thing. You know, I mean, red, red light therapy, it, it can even help you. Let's say you're, you're about to have surgery or you just had surgery and you have a fresh scar. Not if the scar has been out for years and years. That's already done. You're, you're toast there. But if it's a fresh scar, Man, red light therapy can actually help you make that scar disappear. It's also great for dogs. We have wraps for small dogs and for bigger dogs because of their hips and they have hip issues. One of our listeners has a, a little uh, um, Yorkie and he had uh, broken legs where they put rods in there and he was having trouble moving around. He put the wraps on the dog and the dog now is having you know, it's it's a lot easier for him now moving around. He's he's happier now. He's feeling less discomfort because the wraps get the blood flow going. Even my man, Sean Stanley, who's got one knee that is bone on bone. That is really hard to fix. At least the wraps help alleviate that tension, that 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 uh, that itis that you get from bone on bone rubbing. Well, it gets the blood flow flow going. It alleviates the discomfort for him. So he's able to, you know, move around a little bit better with that knee. It can help you in so many different ways. Go to redrecover.com, check out the blogs, check out the video blogs, get 30% off redrecover.com.
This has been The Huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical-grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Welcome to Red Light Therapy. A revolutionary technology perfected by NASA to aid in muscle strengthening and recovery. Red and infrared light has the capacity to penetrate deep into the cell's mitochondria, potentially leading to increased energy, faster recovery, and the optimal performance your body demands. Train. Fight. Recover. Oh, I think I know what this is. Houston, we have a package. Hello? No matter where you are, the Sloman Shield Home Security System guards your home. With next-gen perimeter protection, 24-7 monitoring, and interior motion sensing. And right now, get a free Sloman Shield Security System and doorbell camera, all professionally installed, for free. Shield your world, the Sloman Shield... There's no need to drive around South Florida wasting valuable time looking for a new or certified pre-owned Acura. Go to the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. Purchase with pace and space in a dealership tailored to your needs. From home buying to providing that personal touch. Contact the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner Craig Zinn's Acura of Pembroke Pines. 888-776-5123. That's 888-776-5123. Or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. For over 16 years, EJDConstruction.com has provided South Florida residents quality craftsmanship, accurate project management, and exceptional service. That's why EJDConstruction.com is an A-rated member of Angie's List and the Better Business Bureau. When you're looking for the right custom home builder for additions or home remodeling, please call my friend Eric at 305-433-4843. That's 305-433-4843 for ejdconstruction.com When you move, you need a reliable company led by passionate folks eager to assist its customers during a transitional process that needs to be smooth. Call Essential Moving Experts at 844-368-5750 for all your local and long-distance moving needs. You can rely on Essential Moving Experts. Mention the Big O Show and get $150 off. Family-owned and operated, they offer free 30-day storage, full-service moving, fully licensed, bonded, and insured. Moving was never so easy. EssentialMovingExperts.com. If you're a Miami sports fan, then there's only one store to go to. And that's Caneswear at Miami Fanware in Davie. They're your one-stop shop for all your inner Miami CF, Canes, Dolphins, Panthers, and Marlins merchandise. They have hats, t-shirts, game day jerseys, and so much more. Located at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. And open 24-7 online at caneswear.com or innermiamiware.com. Call them at 954-835-5597. Caneswear, the spot where inner Miami and all Miami sports fans shop.
following statements or beliefs expressed on the following program by the host, guests, or callers are not necessarily the opinions of FantasyXS.com, Media Group, Inc., ownership, management, sponsors, or website. When it comes to South Florida sports teams, very few in the media have witnessed, lived, and covered it like the Big O. Let's start the program dedicated to your favorite South Florida teams with a passion that's unmatched. The Big O Radio Show is on. Here's the Big O. Right, right, right. There you are. There we are. We're ready to rock and roll. Yes, sir. Right. What do we got here on the uh, chat? Why is Red Skeleton all over the place? Why? Why, why is he spamming? Hmm. Anyway, Fangio is the Dolphins. He was already the Dolphins, D.C. I'm not sure why some of you are so freaked out about the announcement. No big deal. Uh, Fangio signs. Uh, Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? The missed calls back in the day were not as egregious because that wasn't HD and frame-by-frame technology like it is now. It happens. There, there's been a lot of bad non-calls, bad calls all throughout history. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, doesn't sound like uh, much here. Uh, don't forget to ask Matt about Chad Henney. <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about the great Chad Henney. I really did a, I really did a disservice in that segment. Uh, let's see. Finally, no more cover O nightmares. Um, yeah. How about no sacks in a Super Bowl? Just saying. Oh, RIP. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw Conrad Dobler. You know, I thought he was older. I think he was like 74. Uh, I think he passed away at the age of 74. And I, I, I said to myself right away, I go, man, I thought he was older, actually. So um, 74 is pretty good, right? Pretty good. I mean, every day we're above ground is is a good deal. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, 74, not bad. Not bad. Uh, when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT, CPA, Sports Business Report. Righty, oh righty, oh righty. This is a this is an interesting story. I don't know if you know about this, Sean. Uh, you can give me a thumbs up if you want. But uh, did you know that Daytona 500 has sold out? Did you freeze? tickets for the race will once again be brought will be once again be broadcasted by fox on the secondary market it started as 150 as of tuesday 
With strong showing at the venue, the Daytona 500 hopes the trend of broadcast eyeballs continues to improve after significant drops in viewership in 2020 and 2021 due to delays and shortened races. 2022 saw a rise of 8.9 million viewers after seeing 4.8 million in 2021. The eighth consecutive sellout for NASCAR's marquee race comes nearly a month after the Daytona International Speedway president, Frank Kelleher, said that the grandstand seats and camping spots had been sold. It had been a bit easier to sell out at the framed 2.5-mile over these days. And in 2013, uh, Daytona Racing uh, renovation was completed in 2016 race. Seating capacity was 147,000. About 46,000 backstretch grand seats were removed as part of the recent downsizing efforts. Atlanta, 17,000 removed, and Charlotte, 41,000. Daytona currently has 101,500 permanent seats, a 31% reduction to 2013. So there you go. Daytona is sold out and ready to go. That town is probably rocking right now. And you want something cool? Sean, where are we going to be on Friday? KSDT. That's right. And our buddy, Jeffrey, who, of course, is the managing partner of KSDT, and Jeffrey Tarabolas is going to join us straight from the pits of Daytona. So he's going to be in Daytona 500 talking to us, and he's going to be walking around the pits and giving us views of the pits and the racers and everything else going on and people preparing on Friday for the race on Sunday. So those of you on Friday, you'll be, uh, you'll be in for a treat at one point during the show that uh, Jeffrey will be in the pits at Daytona. So hopefully we get good reception. By the way. That's, what, that's what I'm hoping for. So we'll uh, we'll have some fun with that. I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I, I like going to the races. I get a real thrill out of that. I don't, you know, watching on television. It's all right, but it's not really what I clamor to do all the time. You know, I'd rather actually be at physically at the race. You know, like. If I could take this show on the road this week and be in Daytona, I'd gladly do it. No problem. Do the show all week long from the track while they're all preparing and then hang around for the race and then come back after. Maybe do a Monday from Daytona and then come back. You know, that kind of stuff. I would like to do that. I think that would be a really, really cool thing to be able to do something like that. But I mean, you know, it's uh it is what it is. Maybe maybe next year, maybe we can uh kind of set it up for next year and and go on the road for for a little Daytona 500. See, these are the things that I'd love to do on the show is get to that point where we're traveling constantly to big events, okay? Whether it's a big UFC fight, whether it's a big boxing match, whether it's a big race, whether it's the F1 race in in Vegas or Super Bowl week or, you know, whatever it is, you know, all these kind of things, uh, draft and Vegas summer league and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's where I would love to have the show at that plateau 
where we're constantly traveling and and going to all these events and being at all these events and covering it for you guys you know that's where we'd like to be so but it takes your support takes for you guys to hit that like button hit the notification bell subscribe visit our sponsors you know if you live here in south florida dade bard palm beach ksdt use them as uh your accounting firm for your personal taxes for your professional for your business taxes you name it that's that's the important part folks if you want us to you know grow and and cover these kind of events uh all over the place in all different sports uh, that's that's what we need we need a little support from you all omar kelly by the way is set to join us at the top of the hour so we'll have a little fun uh with omar um do uh want to remind you as always perdomo cigars is a proud sponsor of our program and i tell you all the time whether we're talking about the lot 23 you see the champagne there the 10th anniversary which is just absolutely awesome uh the sun grown the connecticut uh the maduro i love the maduro 10th anniversary it is a box pressed medium to full body it's got uh, hints of dark cocoa. Uh, it's got um, uh, like an espresso-type finish. Uh, that Maduro is so rich in flavor. I love the 10th anniversary. And, and by the way, 93 rating from Cigar uh, Journal. The Connecticut wrapper got a 92 rating from Cigar uh, Journal. Uh, try the 20th anniversary. I think that one's awesome, whether it's Connecticut, Sun Grown, or Maduro. The Maduro has these uh, notes of, um, like, chocolate espresso. Uh, again, really, really good cigar. The Sun Grown is also rich. Uh, the Perdomo Lot 23, the Abano uh, Bourbon Barrel Aged is a fantastic cigar. It's a six-year-old Bourbon Barrel Aged Ecuadorian wrapper. So the 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 flavor from the wrapper all the way through binder filler. And that's one thing that you're going to love about Perdomo cigars. The construction is impeccable. It burns evenly. The flavor goes all the way to the end. You know, you hate those cigars that start and then their flavor dies out. That doesn't happen with a Perdomo cigar because it's made the right way. You know, if, if you could ever take, if you could ever go down to Nicaragua and take a tour of the Perdomo factory. And then when you're done, you're gonna go, well, wait a minute, you guys put all that work and this cigar is eight bucks? This cigar is nine bucks? How do you guys make any money? Like, that's what you're gonna do because the quality from beginning to end, and that's the way Nick and his family have always done it, is just second to none. The Estate Selección, please check that out also. Um, the besides the double age 12 year vintage, uh, which is just absolutely awesome, it's just some amazing cigars. And if you haven't been to the cigar factory here locally in South Florida in Miami Lakes at 5150 Northwest 167th Street, right off the Palmetto, you should check it out. They got a beautiful, ginormous humidor there with all the Perdomo cigars. They've got a beautiful, ginormous couch. I, I, I crap you not, it's easily a 30 foot couch horseshoe 30 foot big giant television big beautiful lounge to smoke your cigars if you want nick perdomo's around a lot you might see him you can take a picture you know with the stud out there himself 
Go see Arthur. He's a great dude. Billy Perdomo, Nick Jr. It's just some great people out there. The entire Perdomo family, 5150 Northwest, 167th Street. Or go to your nearest cigar bar or store anywhere in the world and ask for it by name. A little Perdomo cigar, baby. You smoke a Perdomo, you're definitely winning. It is a winning cigar. Uh, Gary says, last week, Florio and Sims bragged that Tua would appear in their program on Friday and then on Friday complained that the top-rated QB canceled on them uh, at the last moment. Uh, yeah, Tua canceled a whole bunch of interviews, uh, not just theirs. He, they, the, just go look at the first few he did. They're, they were terrible. Terrible. You know? And it, it, it's what I told you exactly when some of you were worried about, oh, is he ready for the All-Star, for the Pro Bowl? And it's like, who gives a shit about the Pro Bowl? I don't want him to play in the Pro Bowl. I just want him to rest. And besides, what's he going to go to the Pro Bowl is what I told you. Just to answer a bunch of concussion questions? Because that's all they're going to ask him. And that's all they asked him. That's the problem. And I get it. This is what his life is right now for all of you out there. He gained nothing. Subways didn't gain anything, unfortunately. You know, Subways deserved better. Not that they're my sponsor or anything, but I work with sponsors and I, I kind of get it. And I kind of understand what Subways was trying to you know, accomplish, and it just wasn't a good combination for them, unfortunately, because Tua was in a terrible spot. And then the questions that were asked were just silly, man. So it was just a, it was a bad experience. He didn't need it. It was just aggravation. And so he canceled. That's all. And those guys, all they did was slam the kid all year long. In fact, you know, I don't know why even Tua, I don't even know why Tua's people, because it's not Tua, but I don't even know why Tua's people put the interview together in the first place. And that was probably only for subways and for exposure purposes. But I don't think you should be bringing Tua onto a show that you had guys that were saying stupid shit about your client constantly, and now they want an interview from the guy. No, dude. I'm sorry. So I'm, I, I have no problem with him. After you watch a few of those interviews and you're done like almost like, you know, close to like putting yourself in a room for four days and like what Aaron Rodgers has to do, because that's kind of what I felt like after watching some of those interviews. I felt like I needed to go into a dark room for four days and just forget about life. My God. It's terrible, dude. Absolutely terrible. What can I tell you? Heat favored by one against the Nets tonight. Uh, Panthers lost again last night. They lost to the Blues 6-2. to two. They've played 57 games. They've got 25 games left. They're not really too far behind. They're only a couple of points behind the final playoff spot, but Again, they've got to skip a, a team in order to get there because I think they're the 10th spot right now. And they've got to somehow... By the way, the Panthers cannot find a goalie, right? That's like official. 
Knight played like shit again yesterday. The kid has never turned the corner. Uh, never has not flashed enough to say, oh my God, this guy's going to be special. Um, they they can't draft a goalie if their lives depended on it. What a shame that they can't find a goalie. That kind of sucks. I have to say. That's one where... Oh, what can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen? What can I tell you? It's a sad state for the Panthers. Verhage at least had a goal and assist, and Kachuk had two, two assists. Kachuk has been, God, he's awesome. He's he's worth just watching games for him, basically, because it's almost like what we're done to. So, yep. Uh, by the way, Sloman's Home Shield, they've been servicing and taking care of Americans for over 100 years. That's one hell of a company. You could talk about a century of service. That's fantastic. Right now, we're giving away a free doorbell camera, 1-800-ALARM-ME. That's 1-800-ALARM-ME. And, folks, when you use our low-cost central station monitoring and, of course, uh, when uh, you use our um, professional installation, we will also give you an LED touchscreen pad, a motion detector, three-arm doors, and a backup battery. And you're going to love that doorbell camera because that's going to make your life so much easier. You're going to know who's there. You can talk to them, whether you're inside the house, whether you're upstairs, whether you're, you know, in the backyard, whether you're driving to your house and somebody's dropping off food or there's a delivery or something, you can communicate with the person. It's a beautiful thing, folks. Check it out. We're going to give you a free doorbell camera now, the first 40 Big O listeners. 1-800-ALARM-ME. That's 1-800-ALARM-ME. Tell them that Big O sent you. And we're in 14 different states like Florida, like California, like Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Virginia, Georgia. And, by the way, if you're in one of these cold states that I mentioned and you want to save maybe hundreds of dollars on your heating oil, yeah. You use it all the time. It's still cold out there up north. One eight six six oil deal. Call the great people at Slomans, and you know what you pay on average for your oil, for your heating oil. Well, all you're doing is calling to compare the price, and that's it. And if you see you could get a lower price, well, then you're going to save yourself a lot of money, folks. One eight six six oil deal. Compare now and save hundreds. Fixed prices to help you the customer 24 7 service call 1-866-OIL-DEAL that's 1-866-OIL-DEAL do it now if you're freezing your ass off in parts of california or connecticut or new jersey or new york or maryland or virginia or even in georgia call the great people at slowman's 1-800-OIL-1866 i'm sorry oil deal call them now all right let's uh take a quick break Hour number three is ready to go. Omar Kelly and our essentialmovingexperts.com Miami Dolphins Exchange is next.